Well, good morning. It's very good to see you all with us today. Uh, I love this congregation. I have for a long time. It's always a joy for me and my family to get to come here. Um, been associated with you for a long time, and I just like it. It's comfortable when I come here. It's like being at home, and I like that. Uh, it's not that way everywhere I go. Uh, sometimes it involves throwing songbooks, but uh, I always uh, like being here. You've always been uh, very kind to me and my family. I want to talk about what may be the most important lesson I can ever talk to you about, and that is uh, about uh, a giving. Uh, it's a, such a very important subject. Uh, sometimes people give uh, to be seen of men. Our Lord uh, talked about that in great detail in Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. Uh, it was uh, an un uncomely trait, uh, but it was one that some people were prone to. Uh, their giving wasn't uh, from the heart. Uh, they gave because uh, they wanted others to know what they had done. Uh, I've seen some of that in my life. I've seen some folks uh, who were a little too interested in making sure that uh, their offering was uh, publicly expressed. And uh, it always saddened me. Uh, to think that someone uh, would bend over backwards uh, to make sure that uh, I knew uh, how much they had given. I wish it hadn't happened because it, uh, it just doesn't seem godly to me. Uh, the Lord never bragged about his offering. And the Nice and Sapphira were a couple in just this situation. You're probably familiar uh, with uh, the event that occurred in their life. Uh, they they sold uh, uh, some property. Uh, they didn't have to. Uh, other people were selling property and giving the money uh, for the the poor saints. And uh, Ananias and Sapphira uh, decided uh, they would do that too, uh, because you know, brother so and so and his wife, uh, you know, they gave a, a lot of money, and we want to do that too. So uh, they sold a piece of property. Uh, it may have been they got a thousand dollars. I don't know. And uh, they said, well, we sold a piece of property, and we got $750 out of it. And we're going to give you the $750 go to the Lord's work. Well, in the truth, they kept, you know, $250. Uh, they were uh, wanting people to think that they had given more than they had actually given. Uh, it was important to them what people thought. Uh, so they, uh, they lied. They lied about the uh, whole situation. And when Peter uh, addressed him about the matter, he said, you didn't have to give anything. It was your property. You could do with it whatever you wanted to. You wouldn't have been wrong if you'd have kept it. But why did you do what you did? Well, we know why they did it. They wanted people to know they had done it. Oh, and that's so bad. So bad when people give to be seen. You know, a person may be seen when they give. That's one thing. But uh, you know what we're talking about when we talk about to be seen. I want you to think I'm a something. So uh, I want you to see what I do. I'm going to tell you all about my escapades, all the great things I've done. I'm going to tell you about the 450,000 people I baptized. I'm going to tell you about all kinds of stuff uh, because I want you to think I'm a something. And that's the way you know some people are, and it's uh, it's very unfortunate. We we don't want to be that way, do we? No, we don't want to be that way at all. 
so I want to talk a little bit about uh, giving. And I can think of no better place to start but with the churches of Macedonia. They were uh, the Lord's example. It's what the Lord held up uh, as an example for all of us of, uh, of good givers. I want to be a good giver. And Jesus held up this group because it's churches. It's an area. Uh, it's a region, if you will, of churches of Christ. So he, he speaks to the churches, plural, of Macedonia. Uh, the churches there were uh, very poor, very, very, very poor. Uh, and uh, Paul, uh, he, he went through the uh, area preaching, and uh, he, there was a, a famine coming in Judea. A prophet by the name of Agabus had uh, predicted a, a, a prophet coming in the days of Claudius. Well, uh, Paul, as he went out on his missionary tours, uh, Paul was trying to raise money to help the saints in Judea when the uh, famine got there. So he had made the message to the churches of Macedonia, Macedonia rather, and uh, of course uh, they had uh, given money. And they had given money very generously. In uh, 2 Corinthians 8, uh, verses 1 through 7, Paul said, uh, Moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God that is bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. The churches of Macedonia uh, possessed the grace of God. They had it bestowed on them. They had experienced the grace of God, and now they possessed the grace of God. By that, he means they were generous like God is generous. They had become like God in this matter. They were so appreciative of what God had done for them, they decided to pass it on to other folks. And that's what they did, and that's what they were doing uh, in, in giving their offering. He, so he went on to say, in a great trial of affliction, according to their ability and beyond their ability, they were freely willing to give. They gave more than Paul thought they should have. You don't hear that much out of a preacher, do you? Don't give so much. <laughs> I never heard a preacher say that. Well, that's what Paul's saying. These people gave more than they were able to give. And he was concerned about them. I remember one time I used to preach at a little church called Free Will. And uh, there was a little woman there. She gave, uh, and uh, I was very close to her. She's like a grandmother, not my grandmother, but like one. And uh, she, uh, she ran out of money. Uh, about two and a half, three weeks into the month, she ran out of money. And uh, I talked to her about that. She told me what she gave to the Lord, and I said, you know, maybe you're giving too much. That's the only time I ever did that in my life. I said, maybe you're giving too much. You need to hold back a little bit, but she never did. But uh, this is the way the Macedonians were. They were giving too much. They were giving more than they able. Uh, they had families to take care of. They just like all of us. They had bills to pay. They, they, they had to get a new car. There was all kinds of things going on there in their life that required their financial attention. But this was important to them. These were Christians that would one day would be uh, in dire straits because of this famine that will come one day. And uh, they gave freely. <clears throat> give. Give what? Usually when we think about give, we think about money. That's always the first thing I think about when I hear it talked about. Give money. 
Uh, and this is actually what <laughs> the subject's about in the churches of Macedonia. They were giving money. But uh, what's pointed out in our, uh, in our text is that uh, these people gave uh, generously to the Lord. They gave to the Lord in a way that pleased the Lord so very much because they had given away something uh, much, much more valuable. What is it that hinders generous giving? What keeps us from giving? There was a time when I didn't give like I should. Uh, I wanted to keep my money. Uh, we were young. We were trying to get started. Uh, I knew what the Lord said about giving, but, you know, we didn't have anything. I mean, we started out from ground zero. And, uh, you know, you got to buy a car, and, you know, you got to have food, and, you know, we didn't make much money back in the day, uh, and it was really, really tough. And uh, I kind of turned a deaf ear towards giving. Why do people do that? Why did I do that? I've always regretted it. But I did it, and there's no sense in lying about it. Well, sometimes uh, people uh, won't give because they love money. I know a man. He's gone now, but he really loved money. Uh, I mean, he liked to have it. He liked to look at it. He liked to touch it. I mean, it was kind of spooky. He loved money. He didn't spend any. He just loved the money. Well, I think more than that, uh, people, they love things. That's what I was all about. I like things. I still like things. Uh, that part hasn't changed. I just try to temper it now. I still like shiny stuff. I'm like a big old kid. Uh, but uh, gotta, you know, got to sit down on your, your wants sometimes. And uh, my wife, she helps me out a whole lot. She helps me out a whole lot. Uh, but sometimes uh, we, we love things, and because we love things, we, we, we can't give to the Lord like we should. Or if there's a special need that arises, we can't give because, you know, I want a new thing. And uh, it gets in our way, uh, and that's uh, very detrimental uh, to our well-being. The key word, I think, is the word love. Uh, it could be understood as the word lust. John talked about uh, all sin in 1 John 2. He said there was the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. That pretty much sums it all up right there. Whenever we sin, it's going to be one of those three things that got us. Uh, you notice that uh, two of them has to do with uh, things, things of this world. We like things of this world. Sometimes it's other people, and sometimes it's things, stuff. Uh, and that, of course, uh, you know, pretty baby. That, of course, uh, hindered us from giving uh, like we ought to give. Uh, we give from the heart. That's what we say. We, we, I give from the heart. People will, will feel uh, good. And I, feel it, I feel it in my heart. And they grab their chest. And there's a reason why we do that. But you and I both, you know, we all know that the heart is only a pump. Uh, that's what the heart is. It doesn't think. Uh, it doesn't know anything. It's just a pump, like in a truck. Just a pump. It's got a function, and it performs its function. Well, the reason we feel things in our heart is because sometimes, you know, we get excited about something, our blood starts racing, and our pump starts pumping a little faster. And, yeah, we do feel it in our 
heart. But that's not where uh, love is, and that's not from where we're supposed to give. Uh, it's the spirit. That's what we are. We're spirits living inside of a body. We're spirits that will never cease to exist. That fascinates me beyond belief. My body uh, ain't much. It hurts me all the time. And uh, when the day comes that I get out of it, I probably look around and say, good riddance, because uh, it's caused me a lot of torment. But one thing I know and I keep in mind is that I am inside this whole thing. Okay, I'm a, I'm a soul inside of a body. And when I, when I feel things, I, I feel it in my soul. I feel it from my spirit. Sometimes it's called the inner man. And this is where our giving is supposed to come from. Okay, we're supposed to give from the inner man. The flesh is reluctant. The key to success, however, is giving ourselves. Giving ourselves. That's the hard part. That's the hardest thing of all. I can't think of anything that's harder than that. It's easier to give up money than it is to give up ourselves. The Lord uh, gave the Macedonians an example, and he tells us why they were so successful in verse 5. He said they first gave themselves to the Lord. That is, they gave their very soul to the Lord. That's a big step. That's a big thing to do, to give yourself lock, stock, and barrel to another person. And that's what the Macedonians had done. They didn't have anything anymore. They gave their self to the Lord. They didn't have anything. All they had was Jesus' stuff. Everything he had belonged to him. It was his money. It was his house. It was his car. They could easily, gladly give up money because they were giving the Lord back what was rightfully his in the first place. Because they had given themselves to the Lord. That's the hard part. That's the hard part. It's giving ourselves to the Lord. Sometimes, it's like me. Uh, I thought I had given myself to the Lord. I discovered I had not. Not yet. I had believed I had been baptized. I was uh, going to church. I was doing everything we do. But I hadn't given myself to the Lord, not yet. How can I tell? Because I didn't want to give him my money. And it wasn't my money. It was his money. He's the one to put it in my pocket. It wasn't my doing. It was his doing. Everything I have, am, or ever hope to be, it's by the, the bounty of the divine hand. And when I finally come to understand that, I gave up and gave myself to the Lord. I'm not going to tell you that it's not a wrestling match that doesn't take place. It does. Temptation still exists. It's still there. But at the end of every day, I think I can honestly say that Jesus has me lock, stock, and barrel. That's what the Macedonians did. They gave themselves 
to the Lord. And when we get to the point where we can give ourselves to the Lord, nothing will stop us from going to heaven and being with God. He gave himself to us. It's only right that I should give myself to him. Paul went on to say that because they first gave themselves to the Lord, that they were in a position where they could give to us by the will of God. That's why they gave so much money. That's why they were so generous. It was for the Lord. And they would do anything for the Lord. He died. He lived. Then he died a miserable death, but he had to live. He was tormented. He was hounded. He was persecuted. He was treated like the scum of the earth. And he died because he loved me. Seems only right that I would love him. It only seems right in my mind. First, you have to give yourself to the Lord. This is an imperative. This is what we must do. We have to give ourselves to the Lord, and then life becomes much better, too. It's much nicer when you know that Jesus is with you. It's much nicer that you know he's, he's got you covered. He's your friend. No matter what happens, no matter what comes, uh, it's going to be okay because uh, the best is yet to come. All we have to do is uh, wait and enjoy it. This is what Jesus meant. Now listen to what he said. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. You've got to give yourself to the Lord. Think about what he's saying there. That's the Son of God saying that. That's not me. I learned it from him. But look at what he's saying here. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. Now, he's not talking about uh, emotions. Uh, he doesn't use the word phileo, the Greek term, as translated love. He used the word agape, which has to do with the will, the will. Uh, in other words, I have decided to give myself to Jesus. I've decided this from the heart, from the soul, and from the mind. From my total being, I have made a decision that Jesus is going to be the Lord of my life. And Jesus said, that's commandment number one. Of course, we know what number two is, loving our neighbor like ourselves. It's very difficult, uh, very difficult command to keep when you stop and think about it seriously and soberly. It requires uh, very much. Back to the Corinthians briefly. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, look at what Paul had to say about them. Uh, I speak not by commandment. He's talking about their giving. He's wanting them to give like the Macedonians did. The Macedonians are very generous. Now he wants the Corinthians to follow their lead. And now I'm not going to command you to do this. He could. If he wanted to, he could. He was an apostle. He was speaking for the Lord. And if he was so minded, he could have commanded them what to give. He said, I'm not going to do that. I can, but I choose not to do it. Why? 
I'm testing the sincerity of your love by the diligence of others. I want to see how much you love me, Jesus is saying. Used to, under the old system, a body was required to give 10%. Under the new system, we're being told to show me your love. Show me how much you love me. Ever have your wife tell you that? Boy, you better be ready to get your checkbook out then. Show me how much you love me. Well, this is what the Lord's saying. Show me how much you love me. I'm not going to command you what to give. I'm going to give you instructions. I'm going to show you uh, by my example. He gave it all. Uh, I'll, I'll give you some teaching in the matter uh, that you should give from the heart, that you should give purposefully, that you should give generously. I'll show you the peripheral matters, but the bottom line is when you give, you're showing me how much you love me. Huh. Boy, I get you, don't I? I always wished it was 10%. It would be so much easier. If you had just a fixed number, this is what I want you to give like the Jews did. It would be so easy, but we don't. Show me how much you love me. You know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, he became poor, that you, through his poverty, might become rich. He did everything he did for your sake. He was a very rich person. He gave it all up and became a very poor person. He lived that way for about 33 years, and then he was crucified. You have an example. Now show me how much you love me. Show me how much you love me. He went on to say, if there is first a willing mind, there's something that always has to come first. First, you've got to love the Lord with all your heart. First, you have to have a, a willing mind. Uh, these, these are first matters. If you have a willing mind, he went on to say, it, it is accepted according to what one has, it being the offering. The offering is accepted according to what one has and not according to what he does not have. Uh, I've always uh, appreciated that once I learned. Uh, it doesn't matter uh, what I give. That's, that's, that's not what matters. The Lord, he, he doesn't look in the, in the bucket. He looks in, in the heart. He, the amount is irrelevant what matters is why I did what I did that's what really counts that's what he judges by a rule of thumb I've always used is ability plus opportunity equals my responsibility you know sometimes we got money but there's no opportunity to, to help don't know if anybody needs help. I'm sure there are people, but I don't know who they are. Sometimes there's no opportunity. And sometimes there are opportunities, but there's no money. The, uh, you know, the pocketbook went dry, and I just don't have anything left to give. Okay? But when the two merge, when there is ability and opportunity, now then I have a responsibility to my Lord and to my fellow man. It's not about giving everything we have. Paul goes on to discuss that. It's not about that at all. 
it's not about everybody being on an even keel. Some people, socialists, uh, they say Jesus was a socialist or a communist. They say it's about e being on an even keel, that everybody has the same amount of money. It's not what he's talking about. It, it, you know, you, you, you're a millionaire. Good. He said he could say, "I like millionaires. They help carry out the kingdom's work. It's good to have millionaires in the church." But we don't want anybody starving to death either. Therefore, we help one another. Okay, that's what he means when he talks about equality. That we would be loving our brothers and sisters like we would want to love them if the shoe was on the other foot. All giving doesn't please the Lord. Watch real quickly. There are such things as vain offerings. Isaiah talks about, the Lord talks about some in Isaiah, uh, chapter 1, verses 11 and 16 and 17. To what purpose is the multitude of your sacrifices to me, says the Lord. Notice that word, multitude. Many, many, many sacrifices. You know, from their perspective, they would, they would might think, well, he should be happy. We gave a multitude of sacrifices. He should be happy. We did good. And the Lord asked, well, what, what was the purpose? Why did you do that? Why did you give me so, so, so much when you gave me? <clears throat> I've had enough of burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fat, fed cattle. I do not delight in the blood of bulls or of lambs or goats. They were offering multitudes out of their herds sacrificed to the Lord. And his question is, why are you doing that? You think it's going to make me like you? Is that what you think? He can't be bought. He goes on to say, wash yourselves. Make yourselves clean from the inside out. You've got to be clean on the inside. I don't need your money. I don't want your money. I can get my work done by getting money from another place. It's not a big deal. He's God. Everything belongs to him anyway. He can take care of business, but he can't be bought. And these people were trying to buy him, and it didn't work out at all. Put away the evil of your doings from before my eyes. Cease to do evil. Learn to do good. Negative, and then we have the positive. You know, uh, that's something, and we're running out of time, that's something that we really want to pay a lot of attention to, the negative and the positive. Most all of us are very aware of negative command. Don't, don't do this, don't do that. Okay, and we don't. Okay. We don't do that stuff. Uh, matter of fact, we probably wouldn't do that stuff. We weren't even Christians. We don't steal, we don't do murder, we don't go around beating people up. You know, we're not cut that way. We don't believe in such things. You know, we have a, a moral code about us. And no, I'm not going to get involved. The negatives, the don't do this and that, I got that down pretty good. It's the positives where I stumble. I want you to do this. I want you to do that. Ah, boy, that's another matter. Do you know that in the New Testament, every judgment parable, and Jesus taught a lot of judgment parables, every judgment parable our Lord taught, the person who was rejected at the day of the judgment wasn't the person who did something that was wrong. It was the person who failed to do what was good. And that's something to think about. 
the good things, the things that the Lord wants me to do. How am I doing? James said, therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it, to him, that person, it becomes a sin. If I know that something is a good work and I fail to do it for me, it becomes a sin. Yeah, but it's not commanded in the Bible. It's commanded in the conscience. When I violate my conscience, I've done sin. I've, I've sinned against myself. When I violate my conscience, seek justice, rebuke the oppressor, defend the fatherless, plead for the widow. Do those things and then come and make your offering. Then I'll accept your offerings. <clears throat> Proverbs 21, Solomon said, to do righteousness. Notice especially the word do. To do righteousness. To do justice. To do righteousness is to do right things. To do justice is to do just things. It's to do the things that the Lord wants us to do. Do these things, he said, because these are more acceptable to the Lord than sacrifice. And, of course, the sacrifice involves our money. It's more important to the Lord that I do what I do because I want to make him happy than it is for me to give money. The greatest offerings that you and I have, it's not money. It's really not. It's our heart. When you look inside yourself and you know yourself, we all do. And sometimes we have to face up that all isn't going well. Sometimes we love things we're not supposed to love. Despise things we're not supposed to despise. Sometimes when we examine ourselves we find in ourselves things that we know are not right. And it's hard to admit it. And it's hard to accept it. It took a long time before I was honest with myself about my giving. And it was then that I realized that I hadn't given to the Lord as I should because I hadn't given myself. Not at that juncture I hadn't. I was a hypocrite. I was playing a part. I was doing a thing. And finally, I got to where I couldn't stand myself anymore, and I repented. It's hard. So hard to give up ourselves, But this we must learn to do, to be successful. Believe me, it comes back a hundredfold over. The return in the bank of God is greater than anything I've ever seen on this earth. If you're not a Christian, you ought to believe that Jesus is the Christ of God. You're to resolve in your mind that you will stop sinning and try to stop sinning. You've got to confess the Son of God and be proud of your fellowship and friendship.
you got to be immersed in water because the Lord removes sin when we find ourselves underwater. As Christians, we are to learn to love God. We are to learn to walk with God. We are to learn to turn loose and let the Lord have control of our life. And when we do, boy, it gets so much better. And the best is yet to come. Oh, I think about it. Ooh, boy. Sometimes I get so, sometimes I give anything if the Lord come right now. I believe my whole family's ready to go, and man, I, I'm ready to go. But we'll stay and do our part till it's time for us to leave. If you need uh, God's forgiveness for any reason, and if we can be of assistance to you, I, I pray that you'll come while together we stand and, and while we sing. <laughs>